When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so happy you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I think my record, I, I forget. I always want to say it's 47, but I think it's 27 seconds to take this thing. It's so easy to set up and take down. Um, it, it's so nice with the screens now and how it comes with workouts and things for the players to do. Um, you, you will not be disappointed in it. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $400. You said it right. I, I went to them and I said, I got to take care of my people. Uh, 350 is not enough. You mentioned Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $400 off your next purchase. So go over and check it out. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's what allows me to put this podcast out every day. It's what allows me to put all the free resources and things I do out into the world. It pays the bills. So go over and check it out. 14-day free trial. It is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It is everything that you need. You get my email address. You're able to contact me. You're able to jump in our office hours. You're able to find anything. If we don't have it, we'll find it for you along with a 14-day free trial. So go over and check that out. Also, we'd love if you love these podcasts. Um, We'd love you if you went over and checked out High School Hoops or the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or the Funnel Down Defense Podcast. We'd love if you go check those out. We'd also love if you left a five-star review. All right, let's head off to the pod. Let's head off. Bye. So, Andrew, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, kind of, Talk about your basketball journey. Like um, yours is a little bit unique, I think, but I think, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's what's intriguing. And I love, that's one of the things I love about our podcast is it's not like it's a wide range of, of, of voices. Cause I think you can learn something from everyone. So why don't you just explain kind of your basketball journey and then, then I'll jump in here. Sure. Yeah. I probably don't fit into the cookie cutter coach, uh, you know, at least what I perceive to be a cookie cutter coach. Uh, so I, I grew up absolutely uh, in love with the game of basketball. Like my very first memory is sitting on a fold out bed with my dad watching, you know, the Arizona Wildcats play basketball. It's, it's been a central focus in my life. Uh, play basketball three, four hours every single day, um, asphalt by myself, broken rim. Um, you know, that's <laughs> Christmas morning, you get a new basketball, you just walk up to the basketball court. That's just like my life revolved around playing basketball. I haven't said that I didn't play a lot of organized basketball, just my family. We didn't quite have the opportunity to, to make games and transportation and things like that. So I played like maybe one year of middle school basketball. It was very unorganized in hindsight in the middle of it. I, you know, I didn't know any better, but um, went off to high school, played two years of high school basketball, freshman and sophomore year after that I got a job you know so I didn't play a whole lot of uh, 
even high school basketball. Um, my freshman coach, yeah, honestly, I have very little memories. I, I just remember thinking like, oh, he doesn't understand basketball. You know, like he, at the, he was probably just filling a role, doing the school a favor. Uh, my sophomore coach, my JV coach, um, I do feel like I can kind of pull from what he did. I actually messaged him not too long ago when I first got into coaching and just kind of thanked him. You know, like he he made a, a, an impact on me for sure. Uh, but then after that, joined the military, played a lot of intramural leagues, but always always in a pickup sense. So intramural leagues, it was uh, officiated. We had a scoreboard and things like that, but um, you know, not a whole lot of coaching going on either. Uh, did that for over a decade-ish um, and then got out and just started living my life. My kids started attending school and uh, an opportunity came up to kind of just help out with uh, a junior high girls basketball team. Um, I never stopped loving the game. So I, I dipped my toe in the water and you know, I wanted to immediately jump in the deep end, uh, you know, hooked. Uh, we had a, a terrible team and I couldn't have loved it more. Uh, you know, the girls loved it. I loved it. And I, I've been hooked since. So, okay. So a couple of questions. First of all, uh, you're from Arizona. So it, what, what percentage of people are Arizona fans? Like a lot, probably okay. like Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, Tucson is definitely hundred percent Arizona. And then Phoenix is maybe like, uh, they're going to probably, I live up in Phoenix now, let's say um, 70 to 60% Arizona state, but you know, the Arizona, at least in basketball, the Arizona Wildcats have a little bit of a majority there, but ASU, they've got a few. And it was, it was Olson when you were there. Yeah. 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 Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, let's talk about the military. So you were in the military where you're stationed all over the world and did you have <clears throat> when do you have time to play basketball when you're in the uh, military yeah no i mean at least with my job i it felt like a regular nine to five i didn't you know like don't get me wrong i played basketball in iraq i played in basketball tournaments in iraq um saudi arabia germany um so i definitely had an opportunity to do all that but you know when you're not working you, you could go to the gym and you know hang out and ball just like any any other job what and everything was on the base yes yeah yeah. So, uh, and it was all, you know, I, I was within the medical facility. Um, we had a much higher population of females within the medical uh, compared to like maybe flight line or something like that. So we had a smaller percentage of individuals to choose from. So we always kind of felt like we we're behind the eight ball whenever it came time for our organization to compete with another one. But, you know, there's oh, so that, that was the question I was asking. Okay. So is it like, so you have a base, like, the people that do, I don't even know the, the sure. pilots play the medical and the medical, like that. is that yeah. how kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Of. So there's a organizational structure uh, that, you know, I won't get into here, but just at a certain level, depending on the size of the organizations, if you got a hundred people, chances are you got 10 guys that play basketball. All right. So you, you sent me some questions that you wanted to talk about. Do you want to shoot a couple of those and we can talk about those before I ask you specific questions? Sure, sure. So when I, my first year with, uh, with coaching, I was an assistant coach to a, a JV girls team. Um, six of our players were fifth grade girls. So we're playing against eighth grade girls. The, the pro yeah yeah the program was really just decimated you know so yeah. any we just didn't have players stick around for more than a year so when i came in that first year as an assistant it was really just trying to teach fundamentals you know and even as my first year as a head coach i didn't even implement like uh you know like an official offense i did you know spacing movement if you pass the ball cut through if we had decent spacing that's really all we were trying to to accomplish okay um, so that first of all perfect before you go on, perfect. That's what I would have done. That's like teaching okay. them spacing. Okay, keep going. And then I just had an opportunity um, to coach the, the boys. And I did have some 
some guys that played club basketball. So the um, skill level was a bit higher than um, my previous year with the, uh, with the girls team. So I did look up, you know, as, as far as some offensive sets, this is kind of where my basketball journey comes into play because I didn't have a lot of experience playing underneath the coach teaching offenses. So really, even though I, I played basketball my entire life, it wasn't really in an organized sense. So I had to like, you know, honestly, that's kind of where I came to, to all the content that you put out. Um, and, and I looked up different offenses and what might be a good fit for uh, the skill set uh, of the guys that I had. I ended up trying to implement the dribble drive offense because I, I do have a lot of like guys that could you know, handle the ball and kind of take it to the hoop. Um, but honestly, in, in hindsight, after the year, we struggled to actually have that play an impact in the game. So now that I'm my next season, will be back with the girls. Everybody's a year older by now. We've got some seventh graders and we actually have a decent team. Um, but I'm not too sure what kind of offense to kind of implement. And, and maybe even a bigger question is, you know, should it be different every year, depending on the skill set, the team, or is like, could you kind of come up with yours and, and adjust the, you know, this is your offense. Okay. So are uh, a couple questions. First of all, are, the, are these kids going a specific place? Like, uh, like the next high school you're saying? Yeah. Is that um, what, is it a junior high into a high school or is it just rec or is, is there a, is there a path or is it just them playing? Uh, I would say half of the girls um, are playing at high school level when, when they leave as eighth graders. And then I'd say the majority of the guys are, and, and then out of those, you know, 40% are all, are all kind of being funneled to one high school, but it's kind of spread out. It's a charter school that I'm at. So it, it is kind of varied. What do you feel comfortable teaching? Okay. I, and I would say anything. Yeah. I don't have any kind of like preconceived, like, Hey, that's outside of my wheel. Around. Okay. And how often do you get to practice? Uh, five days a week. Um, about two hours and, but I, I don't know what normal is, but I feel like we have a very short time from the beginning of the season to the first game. You know, we only have about two weeks, but having said that five days a week, two hours practice. That's plenty. That's plenty. Okay. Right. That's plenty. No, that's normal. And, and actually for middle school, this is actually more than most junior high middle schools probably practice. So I was thinking it was like two or three times a sure. week, maybe. Um, so that's good. So, um, so are we, which one do you want? Do you, uh, do you want to run the same thing with both or do you? Ideally, like... um, you know, and, and again, I'm so ignorant with this. Like, I kind of feel like if I could come up with one offense and then I can really like learn every intricacy and, you know, really learn how to teach and lessons learned season season. I, I would not do a structured offense. I think it, it, teaching them to play, especially in the middle school level is important. Um, I have no problem. I mean, we run a variation of the dribble drive too. So I think that's good. Um, that depending on the level of the, you know, you obviously have to dribble in the dribble drive. So depending on the level of the girls, that might be a little bit harder. Um, something both of them could run would be like a motion slash read and react kind of offense, um, where you give them a couple set of rules, you tell them where to stand and, you know, everyone needs to be in these spots or you could do your own where you can do kind of a hybrid of dribble drive, read and react kind of thing. Um, I would think I would start. So this is what I always tell people. I would I would try to figure out the skills that they're good at and the skills that you want to teach them, and then sit down with a piece of paper and and figure out. Okay, well they can they can't dribble, so we can't run dribble drive. They don't really understand the game. We don't want to run straight. So I'm going to teach them some basic movements, screens, passes, cuts, kind of things. So I think that's where you gotta. I think they're separate entities, probably, especially. The way you've described them, I don't know. Um, I don't think A necessarily fits B. A dribble drive with guys is they can shoot and they can attack and they can pass. 
right. would work pretty well. And, and you know, if you if you're worried about time in a shortened season or whatever it is, um, I would think that would be. And then what you do is, so I say that's the main course, but then the the dessert and the appetizer and the you know all that stuff is okay. Here's my out of bounds place. Here's my quick hitters. Here's my two or three sets where I got to get player X the ball because we haven't scored kind of thing. So you got to come up with the main course um, and then you can supplement the main course with vegetable. I mean, whatever you, I, sure. I don't need to use an analogy, but um, I think that's, I think that that's where I would start. Okay. Um, I have no problem with the dribble drive. I think if you feel good about it, I, the, the girls could probably run it, but you're going to have to spend some time on that two hour window working on their dribbling. Sure. Yes. Right. I don't know. Um, if only half of them are playing after middle school, then maybe not. But um, I mean, what's your, what do you, what were you leaning to before we started talking? Uh, I, you know, I was not leaning to any specific, uh, any specific offense. Having said that, and maybe I'm, um, you know, my first year coaching an offense, I didn't see a whole lot of success with the dribble drive. Uh, there's a part of me that just wants to say, oh, okay, that wasn't it. Let me try something else. But then I don't want after a year of that, be like, oh, I didn't find success with that. Let me try something else. Uh, you know, I don't want to just keep bouncing around. Um, I, I, or again, you know, maybe that's what I do because, uh, you know, the, the turnover is going to be fairly high. I'm only going to get players for a couple of years. Yeah. So. Yeah. So and go and teach hoops and watch that course on picking an offense. I think that would okay. help. Cause that will kind of situate and we'll figure out like what I was talking about. Like you can do yeah. a set of post-its too. It doesn't matter, but what are we good at? What do we need to do? Sure. Location, all that kind of stuff. What was the other, there was another question on that list, but I forgot what, it, what was the other question you had? So when I first jumped in, I'm, I'm decided to just do like a ton of research and try to like, just like hear a thousand different voices and really start to piece together a picture. Yes. And somewhere in that, um, I couldn't even tell you where I heard it. I just got the, the vibe that if you just focus on zone defense, you're almost doing a disservice to your players, especially when they move up to the high school level. That a lot of high school coaches, they want individuals that understand man defense are good at it. So especially at junior high, it's so easy to just like run a zone defense, pack it in. You can shoot all the threes you want. You know, we're, we're going to get the rebounds. You're, you're not going to get any easy layups, but the, that might give me a couple more wins throughout the season, but then it might turn in over eighth graders that now have never played man defense. And now, you know, they're not making the team because of that. I, I, I first of all, why do you think that is? Why Which do you think one? that, why do you think that people play zone rather than man? At least at the junior high level, um, it seems to be much more effective. Yep. I, so I, here's what I think. I think it's more effective. I think it's easier to do, not necessarily well, but easier to sure. do. Right. With limited amount of time, um, and it allows some variation. But I think it's easier to teach in smaller amount of time. You can run a two-three zone and not run it very well, and still take because they're not strong enough. They can't get the ball there. Most of them aren't going out and shooting three hundred shots a day. Blah blah blah. So they're going to miss. Right. And if you're in a zone, it's going to help. So yes, letting your kids stay up till midnight every night makes they want to do it but it's not good for them uh it's similar that's what i always say it's like i always tell my youth coaches it's like you can do it and you'll probably win a few more games and everyone will love you 
but you're doing them a disservice because they're going to be tired of school tomorrow because you let them stay up to midnight the last three. I mean, right. whatever they, they, but yes, I would teach man. Cause I'm going to tell you if my, if, if a player knows how to play man to man, by the time they get to me at the high school level, I can teach them a zone in like a day. Right. Like, right. Cause conceptually a zone is just, you. yeah. Anyway, but I, I can't go the other way. It's a lot harder to go the other way. Okay. Um, if there is, if, if they've only played two, three and they're really good at it and they get all the draw, that's great. But then me teaching them, you know, funnel down or pack line or something else. It's brutal. It's brutal. Right. Cause I've had kids do that. And it's like, I, it's, I'm starting over from scratch. So yes, I would a hundred percent agree. Play man, teach a man. You can change up man. You can do trapping man. You can do, you know, like the, like I said, the funnel, you can funnel on down the side. You can do pack line. You can do all sorts of different mans and still get what you want to do in a zone, teaching them out of the man principles. So, yes, I would 100% agree. Stick with man. Stick, get really good. Get your terms down. Get your vocabulary down. This is what we mean by we're going to use helpline. We're going to push, you know, whatever it is. Come up with your glossary of these are my terms. And then you're just using those terms. And then by sixth, seventh, eighth grade, they know what you're talking about. Like you're not getting the helpline. You're not getting to the, you know, gap. You're not getting to the whatever it is. Come up with your terms. There's no right or wrong ones. There's sure. ones that people use, but uh, I think that will help a lot. So okay. you you wrote a quote about nice and not nice. What was that one? Oh, um, so my overall demeanor is pretty calm, um, you know, and kind of me just describing the program when I first came in, um, we had a very difficult time getting players back to want to play a second season. And so when I came in, I wanted to like build up confidence. I wanted them to love the game. I wanted, you know, them to leave practice excited. I wanted them to be excited about coming back to practice. So like the majority of what I do is, is confidence building. And, and I'm also fairly quiet on the sidelines. I do, I'm, as vocal as I need to be in practice, I have no problem using my dad voice, but in a game, I, I find it very, I, I hear a lot of yelling that to me isn't logical. I'm like that, that kid, when he heard that, that's not going to change A, B, or C. So with all that being said, I've just heard uh, enough comments of the same thread as far as like me being quiet, nice, you got to be hard around these kids, you got to do this or that and i just kind of want like a little check like hey nope I nope 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 first of all don't be there if you've listened to my podcast don't be their last coach you do not want to be their last yeah. coach yeah. especially yeah. in the middle school level second of all so I'm a, I'm, I'm a math teacher if i went in my room and and acted like people do on a basketball court with my right. students they would never want to learn any mathematics yeah. so yeah. Do you do that when your kids don't put the dishes in the dishwasher, you come home and start screaming? I mean, that's what there, there's like this disconnect. Like no one wants, I mean, now don't get me wrong. There's times you got to correct and it's like, don't run into, don't run into the street or you're going to get hit by a sure, car. Right. I get it. There's yeah. times you have to reach, but these people are just like, they'll no, you are, I, there is no, if you're not teaching them, then he, obviously if you're the nice buddy and you bring donuts every day to class and we don't do math, that, yeah, that's bad. But um, no, I think at the middle school level, you're trying to teach them, and especially at the youth level, you're trying to teach them the love of the game. Yeah. Cause that will just feed on and then they'll play because yes. it, it's, it's a pyramid. Yeah. It's a pyramid. And who's at the top of the pyramid is Steph Curry and, you know, Tatum. I mean, those guys are at the top of the pyramid. Most of us don't make it to the top of the pyramid. 
right. somewhere along the line we drop off well the bottom of the pyramid is elementary school then there's middle school then or junior high and then there's high school and then there's college and then there's profession i mean so the point is we want them to keep loving the game and moving up the pyramid as far as long as they can because right, eventually right. everyone gets cut and everyone stops playing everybody <laughs> so yeah. i hate to break it to you like you know michael jordan's not playing basketball anymore um, <laughs> doing something else but yeah. at some point it ends so i think no i don't think no as an educator no um can you be too nice is i think you wrote how nice is too nice right. i mean like the example i gave if you don't teach them anything and you're just their buddy and blah, 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 then you're not well why are you coaching at that point but right. i don't think you can at that level and, and what you said has kind of been my mindset as far as I want them to love the game. First of all, I love basketball. I want everybody to love the same thing that I love. But if I have a kid that loves basketball and I say, hey, you know, like when you go home today, like get 100 free throws in. You know, if the kid loves basketball, that's not going to seem like this insurmountable, ta insurmountable task. You know, he's going to be up at the park anyways. You know, yeah, yeah that's their ego. It, 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 everybody, and I've never, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on, on the podcast, but everybody has their I refer to it as ego food. Hey, everybody, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like, leave a review, jump up and down, run around your house, whatever you need to do. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.